turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Across the, the Buccaneer Nation are kind of shaking their hands, shaking their heads, and saying, uh, What if, what if, what if? Well, we've got a lot to talk about today, other than uh, the disappointing loss against the Patriots last night. And uh, we want to welcome uh, you if you're listening on our answer stations this afternoon and listening on our Fate Talk stations or on the biz. Well, let me give you some closing numbers for those of you on our business channel. Dow Jones Industrials off a little bit. We've got that uh, that unemployment report as expected was off because of the hurricane. That's going to make itself up here pretty soon. But the closing numbers: the Dow Jones Industrials off a dollar seventy-two at twenty-two seven seventy-three. Nasdaq was up four point eighty-two at uh, sixty-five ninety. S&P slipped a bit, uh, off 2.74 at 2549. Got a great show lined up for you coming up uh, shortly. We'll be talking to William March, who is a long-term political and issues reporter, one of the most uh, seasoned in the state. He has been following the primary race that's taking place there, primarily in Plant City. For the Florida House of Representatives, I'm talking about the District uh, 58 uh, House Republican primary. That's going to be happening uh, next uh, week, October the 10th. And that pits uh, Yvonne Fry against Lawrence McClure. And we're going to get uh, Mr. March in here in a few moments to talk about that race as we've got uh, a couple of factions there, primarily in Plant City, going at it. Uh, Both of them have uh, deep roots in terms of the family, extended family We'll talk about that because that's right here in our neighborhood. Then coming up, bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking with the Commissioner of Agriculture for the state of Florida. That's Adam Putnam. Uh, Not only is he a candidate for governor, but I got to tell you that as we are in the midst of the recovery, remember uh, Irma? That's right. We still have a recovery going on with Irma. Well... We have, uh, I want to just get his take on what has been happening in terms of the disaster relief uh, that he has seen out and about uh, to uh, the humans, and that is the people uh, in those affected areas. And then we're going to drill down on uh, what may be uh, a topic that you have not uh, had uh, the pleasure of um, witnessing the discussion as to what Irma actually did to our Uh, agricultural crops here, and I'm talking about our citrus, I'm talking about the tomato crop, a lot of damage. And so uh, we'll have that discussion coming on here in just a moment. And just as a quick primer, uh, Focus on the Family is going to be with us during the second hour over on the Faith Talk stations. And uh, that topic with Roberta Perno is how to talk to your kids about the mass shootings in Las Vegas. 
And uh, I want to make sure I mention that to you because uh, I think some of you will want to plug into that. Uh, whether you have kids, grandkids, nieces, or nephews, you'll want to be a part of that. All right, let's give you an update on uh, what's happening with Mr. Nate because that is the topic of the afternoon. As of the 2 o'clock advisory from the National Hurricane Center, the center of, uh, and he's still tropical storm, he's going to be a hurricane soon enough, was located near latitude 19.4 north, longitude 85.3 west for those that are tracking uh, Nate. Nate is moving toward the north-northwest. Are you ready for this? Mike, at 21 miles an hour. I mean, 21 miles an hour. He was he was doing 9 miles an hour yesterday. So we told you um, how, how much um, this is going to be impacting uh, the Gulf Coast here pretty soon. Now, the um, Nate is moving toward the north-northwest, again, at 21 miles per hour per hour. And this motion is expected to continue through Saturday with a turn toward the north and the northeast expected Saturday night and Sunday. On the forecast track, the current track, the center of Nate will move across the northwestern Caribbean Sea this afternoon and move near or over the northeastern coast of the Yucatan Peninsula this evening. Then Nate will move north into the southern Gulf of Mexico tonight approach the northern Gulf Coast Saturday, and then move near or over the northern Gulf Coast Saturday night or Sunday. Reports from an Air Force Reconnaissance Hurricane Hunter aircraft indicated that maximum sustained winds are near 50 miles an hour, up about 10 miles an hour from yesterday with higher gusts, strengthening the forecast during the next couple of days, and Nate is expected to become a hurricane by the time it reaches... Uh, the northern uh, Gulf of Mexico. Tropical storm force winds extend um, outward up to 115 miles. Remember yesterday, they only extended out about 50 miles, so you can see how that's growing. And mainly, uh, they're they're out to the east of the center. Uh, There's a buoy uh, that's located north of the center, Recently recorded a one-minute average wind of 38 miles an hour and a wind gust of 49 miles an hour. And the pressure is about where it was yesterday at 29.42. And we do want to remind you that uh, we are expecting strong currents and rip currents all up and down the Gulf of Mexico. So uh, if you're planning on uh, venturing out to any of our beaches, please be very, very careful And uh, it's not an appropriate time, especially to have small kids or toddlers in the water. Remember uh, that uh, if you must go in the water, um, you you need to understand how you swim out of a rip current. It is not the way you think you swim out of a rip current. So if you're going to be doing that, and especially if you're in an area where there's no lifeguards on duty, make sure that um, that you have that down. All right, um, we're going to begin a conversation. going to have to take a break in the midst of it, but um, coming up next week, it's already in the uh, the throes of the um, you know early voting situation as well as the uh, mail-in ballots. But um, Dan Rollerston was a member of the Florida House of Representatives, and uh, he resigned, and the governor then called the date for a special election. That special election is coming up uh, next Tuesday on October the 10th. It is a Republican primary, I should say, uh, primary election, not the main election. 
Um, and um, the district uh, takes in not only Plant City, but Temple Terrace, uh, Hillsborough County line up to Highway 60. And uh, Yvonne Fry is uh, going up against uh, Lawrence McClure. Both of them have uh, some roots from a deep in that area. My good friend of decades is William March, and you probably remember that name when William March has been on my show several, several occasions throughout the years. Uh, he was uh, the, um, the political issue writer for the Tampa Tribune. Sadly, we don't have a, a two-newspaper town to anymore, uh, but that is what it is. Uh, but that didn't affect uh, William's integrity. Uh, he now writes not only for the Tampa Bay Times and others, uh, has been covering uh, the Tallahassee beat here as well as of recently, the last few years. And he is covering the race uh, there in District 58. And I wanted to ask him to join us today with his analysis. And William March, good to have you back on the program. Uh, hi, Bill. Nice to be here. All right. Yeah, let's get right at it. Got to take a break in a moment. Um, first of all, tell us about this race. I mean, you have a, a rural community. Everybody kind of knows everybody. And then we have two candidates that have deep roots, and so uh, this is uh, this is a race that's kind of interesting. But we have a lot of heavyweights that's lined up on each side, on each candidate. Talk about that. Well, yeah, Bill, it is. It's a small, tight knit community, a rural district. <clears throat> um, Yvonne Fry is probably better known in the district. She has lived in Plant City all her life. Uh, Lawrence McClure uh, originally is from Tampa, moved to Dover about five years ago, but is married into an old line Plant City family. So as you said, they both do have some roots. The primary between the two of them will take place Tuesday, and the winner of that primary is all but a sure bet uh, to win the seat. This is a pretty conservative Republican-leaning district, uh, and there's not what you would call any heavyweight Democrat will be running the general election is december 19th but my guess would be that we'll see the outcome of the election decided on tuesday Mm. i can't imagine running and having your final election on december 19th when absolutely nobody's paying attention because uh they're all out getting their last minute christmas or hanukkah presents well that's that's what's going to happen it will be an extremely low turnout affair uh which probably makes it even more likely that the winner of the Republican primary will win the race. Hmm. Well, let's drill down a little bit further because uh, we know from, uh, for those of us that are in close enough to the district, we know that uh, Yvonne Fry has uh, the prominent endorsement of uh, Pam Bondi and others. In fact, uh, uh, the attorney general has a uh, cable commercial uh, running with the both of them. Uh, not so much the same amount of presence for Lawrence McClure, but talk a little bit about uh, some of the players uh, and what side they've lined up with. Well, as as I said, Yvonne Fry is probably better known in the community, and she has a lot of endorsements of prominent Plant City people, in addition to Pam Bondi, as you just mentioned. Dan Rollerson himself is back to uh, former Hillsborough County Republican Party chairman, or Wood. Uh, and then Earl Leonard, who's, of course, pretty well known out in that area, and a number of others, uh, pretty long list. Lawrence McClure, on the other hand, has the endorsement of the NRA, the National Rifle Association, uh, and the, uh, the, the uh, Hillsborough County Farm Bureau. He's a member of the board of the Farm Bureau. 
When we look at these two candidates, and uh, I believe uh, that Lawrence McClure, he's uh, married into the Newsom family, and that is a, a very, very prominent name there in Plant City. Um, so let's talk about the issues. We're going to take a break in a moment. But uh, as you're looking and been watching these two candidates on the campaign trail, uh, what seems to be the distinction? And, of course, they're going after the uh, conservative uh, core voters of the Republican Party. Um, how are they distinguishing themselves first? And then we'll get in after the break as to what they're accusing their their challenger of. Well, there's not a whole lot of difference on specific issues on um, the uh, they're both conservative Republicans. One of the main differences appears to be that that McClure, it would appear, has the backing of Republican legislative leadership in Tallahassee, uh, whereas Fry is more independent of um, of what you might call the Republican establishment there. Now, that's interesting because uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break in just a moment. And William March is with me, and uh, he is uh, one of the most seasoned political and issue observers, uh, not only here around Florida, particularly in Tallahassee. He has been writing for The Times uh, extensively on this race. He's joining me this afternoon. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a break in just a moment and uh, check in with our very important sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk a little bit about this race because uh, for those of you who are right, uh, this district is right in the middle of uh, not only our answer stations, our faith talk stations and the biz station. And um, because I want you to be sure that if you live in House District 58, you know how it's very important for me for you not to miss an election and to get out and vote. And uh, we're trying to uh, at least uh, uh, cut through some of the fog of so many of the other issues that have been dominating uh, our updates uh, to give you a look into the primary that's going to be uh, wrapping up uh, next Tuesday. And again, that person is probably, probably going to end up uh, winning the seat uh, in that uh, low turnout election on the 19th. So more of the Bill Bunkley Show along with William March coming up in a moment. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Bill Bunkley here for my friends at EDI Travel. If you're a pastor of a church or a leader of an organization who has ever dreamed about leading a trip to the Holy Land, be sure to consult with the professionals at EDI Travel, just named again for the third year in a row, the very best Holy Land tour company by TripAdvisor. EDI Travel will start with what your group wants to see and customize your own very special tour. All-inclusive tour packages are EDI's specialty. The price for your trip covers everything. Flights, ground transportation, accommodations, tax, tips, and admissions, leaving you and your group with no surprises. Whether your group is first-time or returning travelers, they are the professionals who will make the experience great for everyone. Set your sights on Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, and much, much more. Call now to get your EDI trip planned today at 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. There is a devastating disease crippling children, disfiguring them. 
leaving once beautiful faces marked with the unmistakable signs of leprosy, causing them to live a life of pain, shame, and isolation. Call American Leprosy Missions right now, 800-443-0838, 800-443-0838. That's 800-443-0838. Or give online at StopLeprosyNow.com. Sunday morning at 9, join Rabbi Stephen Weiler for Heart of Messiah. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So here we see that God has said, I'm going to set up for you and your descendants, Abraham, a special land. Heart of Messiah, Sunday morning at 9 on Faith Talk AM 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com. We're back, Bill Bunkley here, reminding you that our October book giveaway on behalf of Regnery Publishing is uh, going to be undeniable, a Nolan Kickin'y thriller by Tom Grace. And uh, there are going to be five of you at the end of the month. We'll be drawing five names, going to get five copies of this new novel. And uh, if you want to put your name in the running to get to this Tom Grace new novel, Go to our website, am860theanswer.com, am860theanswer.com, or am930theanswer.com, am930theanswer.com. And once you get there, just click on the contest tab on the menu bar. And by the way, you can uh, register day after day after day. Keep going there, and it increases your chances to win. Well, we're talking about a local race that's upon us. If you're just joining us uh, in Plant City, you probably know already, you've been getting some mailers in the mail, and you know something's up, and that is Dan Rolleston, who was your representative there in Temple Terrace in Plant City. Uh, he resigned early, and so the governor called a special election, and we're in the midst of the final days of that, the final weekend where <laughs> anything goes, um, as they say. Uh, next Tuesday is going to be the actual primary, Who, for those of you who like to vote on Election Day, House District 58, Republican primary, pitting uh, Yvonne Fry versus Lawrence McClure. And uh, breaking down that race with me this afternoon is William March, uh, senior political issues writer here in the state of Florida, both the Bay Area specialist and Tallahassee, joining me here this afternoon. And uh, before we went to the break, uh, William, we were talking about um, uh, the few differences that distinguish themselves from one another. Let's look uh, on the other side. And uh, these primaries among Republicans and Democrats, they can get uh, well, they can get pretty heated, get pretty nasty. Uh, so uh, can you give us any sort of an insight of what one side is accusing the other and what the other is accusing the first side? Sure, Bill. And you've noted that people have probably been seeing things in their mailboxes. Their mailboxes have probably been swamped with mailers on this on this race, uh, attack mailers, and some of them are pretty, uh, pretty scurrilous, pretty uh, dirty. The, uh, a lot of this mail uh, is coming from an outside committee, a sort of a mysterious committee. No one knows and won't be able to find out for some time where its funding is coming from, and it is attacking Yvonne Fry, portraying her as a, as a liberal and as an anti-Trump person, uh, as uh, as an anti-gun candidate, um, all of which she vehemently denies. Meanwhile, 
Fry's campaign has sent out uh, a somewhat smaller number of mailers, and they portray uh, Lawrence McClure as sort of a puppet of Tallahassee special interests, Tallahassee's legislative leadership. Uh, but the race has gotten pretty nasty, uh, and it's the involvement of an outside committee that no one will take credit for, which is attacking Fry. Uh, Lawrence McClure, McClure claims to have no knowledge of it. That's becoming a tradition now in Florida politics. Mm. Mm. Not a good tradition uh, also. Now, um, a question. There's no doubt, and by the way, I have not uh, taken a side in this race, and so I'm um, I'm sort of exploring just like you are this afternoon. We've been so so wrapped up with the hurricane, other things that have been happening here. Um, when we look at this race, we know that the, the Newsom family is uh, certainly – I mean, agriculture, long-term ties to the area, no question about that. But now the fact that Lawrence McClure, I think he grew up in South Tampa, I think he played football, maybe ran track for Plant High School, um, got married and moved to Dover. He's been there about five years. Has there been any kind of discussion about, uh, well, he hasn't lived here long enough and Yvonne's the real Plant City person? Have you detected any of that in either official or any of the, you know, uh, candidate forum, stuff like that. Has, has that part of the, the race uh, entered into uh, the discussion? Absolutely. As I pointed out, Fry is trying to portray Lawrence McClure as being sort of a, a puppet of, of Tallahassee special interests and herself as the one who's really attuned to and really part of Plant City. And she's tried to make that point in her mailers. You, when you were talking earlier, you were talking about Dan Rollison, and, and, and as far as the Tallahassee leadership, the Republican Party was concerned, you you described him as sort of a maverick. Um, and so the question is, um, is being a maverick uh, or not being the maverick, is that a part of this race? And is that, uh, by chance, any of the amenuendo that's going in and some of the undercurrents to try and get these last votes out? Yes, it absolutely is. As I said, Fry's backers portray her as the true Plant City representative. Um, Rollerson had conflicts with legislative leadership with, with uh, House Speaker Richard Corcoran. Uh, the, it's, it seems possible that Fry would be more in that mold uh, than McClure if, if they were elected, whereas McClure, on the other hand, is, is more in tune with the uh, the stances of the Republican leadership uh, in the legislature in Tallahassee. Mm. Got about a minute left, and William March, most of our listeners are not aware of this, but when you have uh, an election in a regular uh, election period, there's all sorts of competition uh, because uh, whatever class is elected, someone out of that class is going to be speaker. And so you have some people who are a very knowledgeable, have the money for expert, uh, uh, you know, advisors and a lot of money. They tend to sometimes run for the run for a seat and also run to help other people get elected. What's interesting is when you have these individual situations, that isn't really an element here, is it? Well, it's it's a little hard to tell, Bill. It's very common for legislative leaders or people who hope to be legislative leaders to say that if you will promise to back me for speaker in four years or six years, then I'll back your election right now. Mm -hmm. 
So people will actually take sides in a speaker's race that's set for four or six years in the future, and they'll take sides before they even get elected. Uh, so that sort of thing happens, but it's not anything that's done publicly. It's done uh, in basically what you would call backroom agreements. Hmm. And uh, about out of time, but the point here being is that uh, if you had the whole field running, then not only are you running to maybe get the uh, support of uh, leaders already in the lineup for you to maybe become a speaker, then you support them. Here, you basically have people lining up on both sides, and of course, probably Pam Bondi and that television commercial and the mailers, probably the most prominent person that uh, at least the Fry camp is depending on. William March, we're out of time, but uh, hey, we're going to be gearing up for the legislature and other uh, issues, and thanks for being with us today. You can catch William March's articles uh, in the Tampa Bay Times as well as other publications around the state as uh, he's uh, out there available for anyone who wants his great coverage. William March, have a great weekend, and thank you for being with us. Thank you, Bill. Enjoyed it. God bless you, my friend. William March, I love that guy. He is excellent at what he does, and um, I appreciate uh, dialoguing with him whenever we can. Well, what about this recovery in Florida? Hey, remember, hasn't been in the headlines. We're still recovering. We've got people with blue roofs. We've got people who's had their crops wiped out. Coming up next, Adam Putnam, our agricultural commissioner, with an update on the recovery. More of the Bill Bunkley Show. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. Authorities in Las Vegas say they still have no clear motive for Sunday's massacre. Investigators say they've looked at everything surrounding the gunman from birth to death, and still the question why remains unanswered. A cryptic remark by President Trump remains just that. During a meeting with his senior military leaders the other day, the president said this was the calm before the storm. What does it mean? Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says, wait and see. The administration is allowing more employers who cite religious and moral objections to opt out of the Obama birth control mandate. A mixed close on Wall Street today. The Dow ended the day down two points, closing at 22,774. The Nasdaq was up five points, the S&P down three. More details at srnnews.com. How special is your birthday? Well, considering that God knit you together in your mother's womb, it's a pretty special day. So we want to celebrate with you. Join the Faith Talk Birthday Club. And on your birthday, we'll be happy to email our congratulations and coupons for some really nifty gifts from our friends at Sun Country Cleaners and the Bullet Hole, Sarasota. Join the Faith Talk Birthday Club at letstalkfaith.com. Bill Bunkley here. If you're looking at the new GMC Sierra, don't go any further than the number one volume Sierra dealer in the state of Florida, Rivard Buick GMC. Number one in volume means number one in price, and Rivard beats all other dealers hands down on both. The new Sierra 1500 Denali with V8 power, steel chassis, and available tow package can handle well over 9,000 pounds of boat, camper, or whatever you need to move from here to there. And the well-appointed spacious interior makes the Sierra 
Sierra just right for work or a weekend getaway. Right now, at Rivard Buick GMC, you can save up to $10,500 on a new GMC Sierra 1500 Denali. Couple big savings on your new Sierra with Rivard's refreshing one-on-one customer service, and it's a no-brainer. You've got to go to Rivard. View the options available for your new Sierra 1500 Denali at RivardBuickGMC.com, then visit in person at Rivard Buick GMC, Route 60 Brandon, and tell them Bill Bunkley sent you. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen, and it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. Saturday afternoons at 5, join us for The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward. When a cultural earthquake can be felt, the tremors are unmistakable. And when people are saying, wow, what I thought was nailed down is coming loose. The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward. Saturday afternoons at 5 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Welcome back, Bill Bunkley here, and again, uh, welcoming all of you getting off work this afternoon on our answer stations, uh, Sarasota, Bradenton, Tampa, and all up and down the I-4 corridor, as well as our Faith Talk stations and the biz, as we are simulcasting on all of those uh, channels this afternoon at the 4 or 5 o'clock hour. Well, Adam Putnam is our Commissioner of Agriculture here in the state of Florida, and uh, not only is... Um, he uh, someone that understands a lot about uh, running a state and a uh, former member of Congress. He also has a, a very in-depth knowledge of agriculture. And I know there's been a lot of headlines in the news, but believe it or not, uh, we still have uh, Irma to deal with here in the state of Florida, even though we are very thankful, not wishing anything of ill to anyone else. But uh, we could use a little time out here with uh, uh, forming of Hurricane Nate, uh, heading a little bit west of here. But I want to bring in our Agricultural Commissioner first to talk about what he has seen in the overall recovery and uh, some of the volunteer groups that have been working with people. But then we're going to zero in on our agriculture because you might not know uh, because of all of what's been happening in the news, but uh, we took a pretty good hit in that area. Uh, Commissioner Adam Putnam, as always, and by the way, let me mention he's also a candidate for governor. I should have mentioned at the top of the shower, uh, t- top of the shower, top of the show here. But uh, Adam, good to have you with us this afternoon. All right, we're standing by for Adam. He's there somewhere, but um, Adam, you there? 
All right, we're standing by, and uh, he was patiently holding, and uh, we'll try and uh, bring him in in just a moment. Again, he is um, one of the candidates that uh, you'll be hearing more about in terms of running for uh, governor. Commissioner, are you there? I sure am. We've got all the kinks worked out of this fancy technology. <laughs> hey, good to see you again, my friend. Glad to have you with us this afternoon. Um Let's start with the people. I know that uh, you have been uh, crisscrossing the state a lot with the governor, uh, both before, during, or not during, but after Hurricane Irma. We've got a lot of folks out there that's been impacted. We've got a lot of blue roofs out there, but we've had our yellow shirts from the Florida Baptist Convention, Southern Baptist Convention. We've got the Red Cross Salvation Army. How is the people part of the recovery going, and what have you seen in terms of some of our volunteer groups that have been uh, aiding the effort? First of all, volunteer groups do things government never could. Volunteer groups, faith groups are faster, more thorough, more effective, get the job done. I've seen it in my own life with Charlie, Francis, and Gene. I've seen it recently with Irma. We're seeing it with uh, Maria. And, um, and so it is groups like, you know, I remember after Charlie when the uh, Southern Baptist Convention from Texas, West Virginia, and one of the Carolinas showed up to feed people in Hardy County and, mm. and, so, and Poinciana and uh, Punta Gorda. It, I've seen it when the uh, Main Street Baptist Church in Bartow invited everybody whose power had been restored to, to have a uh, covered dish supper for all the electrical crews who were restoring the rest of the town and bring all your leftover water and Gatorades for the, for the linemen who were out there uh, getting it done for us. So it's very effective. The, um, the communities in Florida that are still very much hurting uh, are some of our smaller communities that just haven't gotten the attention that coastal communities or perhaps the Keys have gotten. I'm thinking about places like Immokalee, LaBelle, Everglade City, Chukaluski. These communities were hurting, frankly, before the storm, and, and now they're really hurting. And so uh, as uh, church groups are looking for places to continue to help, uh, those are communities that are still very much in need. Uh, Governor Scott has done an extraordinary job before, during, and after this storm. He's shown real leadership, real empathy and compassion, and he's led our state uh, beautifully. Uh, I'm proud of what he's done in Kissimmee and Orlando uh, to help welcome families who are seeking refuge in our state from Puerto Rico and making sure that they have what they need and the faith community has a presence in those relief centers. So, uh, it's a confirmation, Bill, of what we've always known, that mm. uh, nothing is more powerful than uh, a group of dedicated people who are led by faith uh, to serve their fellow man. Mm. You're listening to the voice of uh, Commissioner of Agriculture here in the state of Florida, Adam Putnam, joining me this afternoon. And we're uh, talking about not only the recovery efforts in terms of uh, some of those smaller communities, but we're now going to talk about uh, something that's very important to, to our economy, very important to the state of Florida. Um, Commissioner, I was talking with uh, Mark Proctor uh, here locally. He's the local chairman of the Hillsborough Soil and Water Conservation District, and they uh, had a couple of meetings recently where uh, those in our agricultural community, between the wind and the rain, uh, our citrus crops, some of the other crops, they've really been hit hard, and and I know there's some assistance from the federal government uh, that can that can come through part of the watershed protection. 
but a lot of red tape. So let's start from the top. How bad? I know you and uh, Senator Marco Rubio were out and about because of uh, your just just closeness with our our Florida farmers. How bad did we get hit and what kind of uh, uh, secondary hit to the economy are we looking at? Well, the early estimates are north of two and a half billion dollars in total economic loss uh, as a result of Hurricane Irma in the in the agriculture industry. So the bulk of that is in citrus, but it's also in the landscape and nursery businesses, places like Homestead, where every single greenhouse and shade house in the entire county is now laying on the ground. Oh my. Uh, the the poinsettias that you were going to buy for Christmas, which uh, when Irma hit were about as tall as your pinky, were blown all over the county. And, and then, of course, uh, as we know in Florida, the day after the storm blew out, you know, it's 94 degrees again, and so they're just baking in the sun and, and uh, uh, impacting that future revenue stream for these, for these farmers. So citrus, dairy, vegetables, uh, huge, huge losses. And what that means is that, you know, you think about the thousands of farm workers uh, in the communities that I mentioned earlier who now don't have any work. There's, there's, there's nothing to go harvest or pick or, or whatever. Some of them will move into the debris removal and construction industries because those, those industries in the aftermath of the storm are going to have great, great demands, great needs. But you're certainly going to see uh, an impact that's beyond just the farmer. It's all of the the ripple effects in the economy of, you know, truck dealerships and processing plants and harvesters and equipment and fertilizer dealers, everybody's going to feel that. And, and so that's why it matters to a community like Plant City. That's why it matters to a, a, a county like Hardy or DeSoto or Hendry or Glades. This is, you know, places where agriculture is the anchor. And, uh, and when it's weak, it, it hurts a lot of good people uh, as well. So, the human impact of the storm uh, did not the, – the, the human misery index didn't end just when the lights came back on. There's going to be a long tail to this in, in some of these agricultural communities, and, uh, and we're working very hard to cut through that red tape. Uh, I spoke with um, Secretary Perdue. Uh, Secretary of Agriculture, right after the storm, I was with Secretary Wilbur Ross today, Secretary of Commerce. Uh, I've spoken with the governor almost on a daily basis as we're all kind of working as a team with Senator Rubio and our congressional delegation to get Florida uh, the, the help that, that a lot of our neighbors need. How long, of course, you were in the leadership team many years ago uh, in the Congress on the Republican side. Um, and I know that uh, there's a lot of um, leaders uh, in the in the administration trying to get this help as soon as possible. But on a practical matter, since we're not really up to date with, uh, say, agricultural relief, what is a turnaround time when some of our, our farmers and agricultural folks can really start seeing some, some tangible things that will help them get this process going? Well, Time is of the essence. You really put your finger on it. And President Trump uh, has made a request of the Congress this week. In fact, he made the request, uh, interestingly, the same day that that we got our uh, economic damages report finalized. We're hoping to be in that 
next appropriations bill that Congress moves, and I, and I anticipate that Congress will do that within the next two weeks. I guess there's a chance that they sit on it for an extra couple of days to gauge the impact of Hurricane Nate so that, so that it's a more uh, comprehensive approach. You still have needs in Texas as a result of Harvey, and, and so the you know, these communities and these impacted states are burning through FEMA money rather quickly, and so it has to be replenished. They may push it back a few days just to get the full impact of NATE. If, if agriculture is a part of that that moves in the next couple of weeks, then I believe it's a reasonable expectation that, that farmers and ranchers could see some help, if not before the end of this year, at the very beginning of, uh, of next year, the certainty that it's coming will help that conversation go a little bit better between the farmer and their banker. Uh, right now, it's I think Congress is going to do something. I hope Congress is going to do something, and that's a little tough for the banker to sell to the regulators. If there's at least something in the pipeline, then I think you'll see some some relief as uh, lending institutions uh, can move forward knowing that, uh, that that farmer's got something on the way. Mm. Well, your expertise, uh, Commissioner Putnam, uh, having served in the Congress and know about uh, how that group of um, of uh, government um, resources operate, and your expertise here in Florida, and the fact you come from uh, a portion of our state uh, there in Bartow that very much understands the agricultural aspects, certainly that uh, lets you bring a lot to uh, what you're doing to help. And uh, as always, I uh, want you to be safe out there on the campaign trail, but uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon, and uh, we look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, and I hope all your listeners have a wonderful weekend and stay safe out there. Yes, God bless you, my friend. You as well. That is uh, Commissioner Adam Putnam, who, um, believe me, he has the expertise when it comes to uh, not only the expertise in terms of government, but uh, when it comes to this agricultural piece, that is uh, very, very important indeed. So as we are getting ready to uh, go into the weekend, coming up in a moment, I'm going to talk about um, the Trump administration has rolled back or is rolling back uh, something in the Obamacare plan. And it's something that's uh, going to be quite controversial. And uh, when we come up after the break, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what that's uh, happening. Plus, we've got a great conversation Coming up in the second hour with uh, uh, Roberta Pernell. She's the counselor, one of the counselors that focus on the family. What about all of what has been saturating our media in terms of the awful, awful assault, uh, the murder uh, of uh, and, and the people who have been wounded by the mass shooting there at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino uh, there in Las Vegas? Well, what about your kids? What have they been watching? What have they been seeing? And uh, just how do you talk about that? And from the angle of, well, you know, if we knew exactly what this shooter's motive was, what his uh, devilish issue was all about, it'd make it a lot easier to, you know, begin to have that conversation with our kids. But I want to talk to uh, Roberta Perno and ask the question, you know, Unlike other situations where we can say, well, he was a bad guy or uh, he had some mental things going on, how do you begin to talk to the kids when we have no earthly idea? That's a tough one. We'll be tackling that in the second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. 
But uh, coming up next, let's uh, take a time out for all of those very, very important supporters. Uh, And we're talking about those who are advertisers who want to tell you about their products and services. So let's take a commercial break. Bill Bunkley here. I'll be right back. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass America. That's right, Tampa Bay. If you have a cracked windshield and full coverage insurance, they can install a new one for free and buy back your old one for up to $100 cash on the spot. Call 813-96-GLASS. That's 813-96-G-L-A-S-S. 813-96-GLASS. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass America. What do you say when you're asked about abortion, suicide, euthanasia, and capital punishment? You know how you feel, but can you share your thoughts effectively, compassionately? Do you know what the Bible says? Now you can, with the help of Pastor Philip DeCourcy from Know the Truth Radio. Not all killing is murder. There is a distinction between taking innocent life and taking the life of those guilty of heinous crimes. Pastor Philip wants you to have a free USB flash drive with his biblical teachings on matters of life and death. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword life. When God dies in the mind of a culture, man dies. Pastor Philip confronts the moral issues of our time in matters of life and death. It could help you influence others to preserve, not destroy life. Ask for your free USB flash drive. Log on to letstalkfaith.com, keyword life. That's letstalkfaith.com, keyword life. When most people hear the word leprosy, they wonder if it still even exists. But leprosy does exist. It's a disease that cripples and disfigures, sinking adults and children alike into lives of shame and isolation. Call American Leprosy Missions right now, 800-443-0838, 800-443-0838. That's 800-443-0838. Or give online at StopLeprosyNow.com. Back in 1993, MediShare was known as the best-kept secret in healthcare, But not anymore. Today, there are hundreds of thousands of Americans who've discovered what us long-timers have known since the beginning. MediShare is affordable health care that really works. The great thing is we're not an insurance company. We're a nonprofit community. Hundreds of thousands of honest, hardworking people who agree to share each other's medical bills. Every share goes to help a fellow member. And when we say affordable, we mean it's common for our members to save upwards of $500 a month. Best of all, MediShare is always open. You can join anytime. So how about now? Isn't it time you joined MediShare? Call 844-41-BIBLE to find out how much you can save on your health care. MediShare, now available in Montana. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. Looking for more than just a job? Searching for a career path with a higher calling? Find a job you can believe in and get excited about at ChristianJobs.com. ChristianJobs.com is the largest Christian employment website with thousands of job listings. They connect devoted people like you with thoughtful employers that share your values. Once you log on and see the quality job opportunities available, you'll never settle for just a job again. Log on to ChristianJobs.com. That's ChristianJobs.com. 
Saturday afternoons at 4.30. Join Pastor John Couch for This Day in the Word. He says, if you really want to run hard after me, lay everything on your altar and put your Isaac on the altar and back away and say, God, this is your deal. This is for your praise and your glory, man. I'm all about you. I'm in. This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Hey, we're back. Bill Bunkley here for Rivard Buick GMC. And I want to tell you, I was just uh, looking at the available inventory right now of those 2017 uh, GMC Sierra 1500s and the Denali's. And uh, it's amazing because uh, I'm on their website right now. And uh, literally, whatever vehicle that you are looking for, you can see the picture of that brand new 2017 uh, Sierra 1500. And uh, with so many to choose from, I'm looking, and it's amazing because I'm looking at one right now where the MSRP and the price that Rivard is going to uh, sell it to you right off the website, $12,000 savings. And so I want to remind you that uh, you have quite an inventory. And if you um, are listening for the first time, you're probably not aware that Rivard Buick GMC is the number one volume Sierra dealer Anywhere from Daytona Beach all the way to the Gulf, the entire I-4 corridor, all up and down the Gulf Coast, because they do volume, that means you get the best price. So, what does that mean to you? Don't you dare even go and buy a car from any other dealership uh, selling a GMC Sierra, a new one, without stopping in and talking to my friends right there at their very convenient location in Brandon, they're off I-75 on Highway 60, Animal Drive, about a mile west. And um, here's what you need to do. Go first to RevardBuickGMC.com, RevardBuickGMC.com, and just scroll through truck after truck after truck, and you see the deep discounts. And that'll give you a little bit of a hint why they're the number one dealer. And that's before you even come to the lot. That's before you even talk about your trade. Now, to find out more, call 813-280-0066, 813-280-0066, Rivard Buick GMC. And when you do, tell them Bill Bunkley sent you because you are going to have a refreshing experience, especially when you get a chance to plug in with their very excellent expertise. Again, that website, Rivard Buick GMC, check them out, and then get in the car and head on out there this weekend to take a look at your new truck. Well, the Trump administration today, seems like Fridays, Mike, is when the big uh, announcement comes out. But uh, looks like that we're going to um, be looking at a major, and I mean a major rollback of a portion of Obamacare that certainly is going to uh, create uh, a lot of buzz. And uh, for women particularly, um, you need to be listening very carefully. They're going to be rolling back the Obamacare contraceptive mandate as put forth by President Barack Obama, uh, granting what officials have called full protection. Uh, And you remember, you know, the nuns that uh, had to go to court to protect uh, their religious beliefs over providing contraceptive contraception coverage 
uh, within their health care plans? Well, Little Sisters of the Poor, well, the um, Trump administration is going to be rolling back that requirement uh, for those organizations that have a religious or a moral objection to uh, including that coverage uh, in their health care plan. So, um, yes, we've been battling over the what I call the Unaffordable Health Care Act, and now we've got uh, yet another round that is going to certainly the ACLU is going to be getting involved. You're going to be hearing women women's groups get involved. This is going to be quite um, uh, an issue moving forward. I got to tell you that uh, those uh, faith based groups that uh, were most critical of uh, this mandate um, doesn't surprise you that throughout the day they have been uh, very much uh, speaking out uh, in, in in a huge support. They're calling this move by the Trump administration a a huge win for religious liberty. As you can well imagine, uh, those on the left, uh, Democratic officials and uh, uh, the groups, um, obviously, uh, like the big one, Planned Planned Parenthood, have accused the administration of uh, really um, attacking women and going after the rights of, of women. So... As um, we continue to see this uh, unfold, uh, this certainly, again, it's a Friday afternoon. This, uh, we know for for as long as I can remember, that whenever you're either rolling out bad news or rolling out sometimes something controversial, you always do it on a Friday. And that's what we have seen here for sure. So, um, And with that, we're going to be wrapping up this week of the Bill Bunkley Show. And remind you that coming up next, Jay Seculo is going to be joining us from uh, D.C. on AM 860 and 930. And uh, we also are going to be uh, bidding farewell to the biz right now. And uh, I will be over on Faith Talk 570 AM and AM 910, as well as 102.1 FM in Lakeland. And again, we'll be talking about our, our first guest is Roberta Perno. And uh, she's the counselor, focus on the family, and uh, going to talk about how just do you talk to your kids about these mass shootings that took place in Las Vegas. And uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation. I hope that will be uh, helpful and uh, instrumental, particularly going to the weekend, because I-, I know I have struggled, and maybe you're struggling too this week, especially since we don't know the cause to be able to Maybe have a simpler explanation for the little kids under eight and a more comprehensive one to the kids above eight. And uh, hopefully we'll have some ideas for you. So as we wrap things up, keep an eye on Nate and uh, be safe out there. Remember, a lot of rip currents up and down the Gulf. Probably not a good time to get in the surf. I'm Bill Bunkley. Hope to see you in just a moment on the other side of the break. I will understand Cause that is something everybody everywhere does in the it's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God, one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. 
Praise the Lord, I'm Sharon Knotts inviting you to join me and my dad, Archie Hardy, on the Sound of Faith weekdays at 9 p.m. on WTBN. Friends, if you're drawn to inspirational preaching, informative, in-depth teaching, and biblical answers to current issues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then Sound of Faith is perfect for you. Because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Weekdays at 9 p.m. on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Faith Talk 570 WTBN, Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. National Hurricane Center Specialist Eric Blake says forecasters have issued warnings for the U.S. Gulf Coast as Tropical Storm Nate gains strength. There's a hurricane warning up from Grand Isle, Louisiana, eastward to the Alabama-Florida border. Uh, there's also a storm surge warning from Morgan City, Louisiana, to the Alabama Florida border. The National Hurricane Center says residents in those areas should brace for possible storm surges amid the expected strengthening of Tropical Storm Nate. The storm battered Central America with rain this week, killing at least 21 people. They're expecting it to strengthen into a hurricane before it hits the Gulf Coast. Authorities continue to try to find a motive for the murders of 58 people at a country music festival in Las Vegas last Sunday night, but they still haven't found one. And Undersheriff Kevin McMail of Clark County says they don't know whether Stephen Paddock had help in his murderous plans or not. I can tell you this. We're very confident that he did not, there was not another shooter in that room. What I cannot confirm to you today and what we continue to investigate is whether anybody else may have known about this incident before he carried it out. Police also say they have no connection to the Islamic State despite ISIS's claim of responsibility. The White House refuses to elaborate on President Trump's calm before the storm comment. Correspondent Greg Clugston reports. On Thursday night, posing for photos with senior military leaders, President Trump told reporters that this might be the calm before the storm. On Friday, he was asked what he meant. You'll find out. And Press Secretary Sarah Sanders didn't shed much light on the comment either. We're never going to say in advance what the president's going to do. Sanders said the president should be taken seriously when it comes to protecting the American people. Greg Clugston, the White House. Mixed day on Wall Street as the Dow was down by two points to 22,774. The Nasdaq rose five. The S&P declined three. Oil down to 49.29 a barrel. More on these stories at townhall.com. Who uttered these words? One day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States when men were free. That is from our 40th president, Ronald Reagan. Today, big tech companies scan your emails to target you with unwanted advertising. The government is collecting your personal information in such large quantities they had to build a huge facility in Utah just to store it. Isn't it time you put a stop to this? Spread your God. Given right to privacy with a Reagan email address at ReaganPrivacy.com. ReaganPrivacy.com doesn't scan your emails and they don't share your private information with government agencies. Your very own Reagan email address costs as little as $33 a year. That's only nine cents a day. And right now you also get two free bonus months at ReaganPrivacy.com. Get your Reagan email address today at ReaganPrivacy.com. Correspondent Josh Letterman reports that Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl, who was held captive by a Taliban-aligned group for nearly five years, is expected to plead guilty rather than face a military trial for desertion. Bo Bergdahl had been serving in Afghanistan for about five months in 2009 when he walked away from his remote post and was detained by the Taliban. 
Bergdahl said he wanted to report problems that he had, concerns about the way the military was operating. He's also been found by an Army medical evaluation to have some mental health issues. He spent roughly five years in Taliban captivity before being traded for five Taliban detainees at Guantanamo Bay. Bergdahl's case raised really difficult questions for the United States about loyalty, negotiating with hostage takers, and America's commitment not to leave its troops behind. Bergdahl could face years behind bars. President Trump has called Bergdahl a, quote, no good traitor who should have been executed. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. U.S. Customs says it's prepared to crack down on American imports of goods prepared in Chinese factories by North Korean laborers whose salaries mostly go to the government of Kim Jong-un. The pledge comes amid calls for tougher law enforcement by senators and experts. Those calls come following an AP investigation which showed American consumers buying seafood at Walmart, Aldi, and other stores may be inadvertently subsidizing North Korea as it builds nuclear weapons. The company said forced labor in their supply chains was unacceptable. Correspondent Jeremy House reporting. The North Korean workers found in Chinese factories aren't allowed to leave and receive only a fraction of their pay. Most goes straight to the North Korean state. The U.S. lost 33,000 jobs in September because of Hurricanes Harvey and Irma, which closed thousands of businesses in Texas and Florida and forced widespread evacuations. It was the first decline in nearly seven years. The unemployment rate fell to 4.2 percent. More on these stories at townhall.com. This hour of the Bill Bunkley Show is sponsored by EDI Travel. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsboro, 813-287-5700 or toll-free 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around are the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. Welcome back to the Friday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. This is the 5 o'clock edition. Hey, want to remind you that coming up in just a moment, a very special interview that might not be age-appropriate for the younger kids. That's because uh, we're going to be going out to Colorado Springs, Colorado, to speak with uh, Roberta Perno. She's a counselor there at Focus on the Family. And today's topic, how to talk to your kids about the mass shootings in Las Vegas. And, of course, you can understand that might not be an appropriate subject, especially for the little ones. But I think it's an important topic, an important conversation for us to have as all of us, to some degree, are dealing not only with the tragedy itself, but the lingering uncertainty as the big question, why? And we have a special opportunity. We will be foregoing our uh, time with our friends at Movie Guide this week for a special book interview. Dr. John Grimstead is going to be joining us about a book he has co-authored, Reclaiming Civilization on the Bible, Proclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. 
This is a, a fascinating analysis of some of the major discussions that have been before the Christian church for decades and centuries. Still questions today, and we'll have a chance to dig down deep with that. All of that and more coming up on this Friday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. Have I told you lately how much I appreciate you? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I appreciate you. Don't go away. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. I'll be right back. Futures and options trading involves substantial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Fire the stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Larry Levin, and I've been on the trading floor for 23 years. I was one of the biggest traders in the S&P pit. I'm also the president of Trading Advantage, the leading educational firm teaching people how to become professional day traders. Now, for a limited time, I'm offering one of the trading techniques I use to make $1.9 million for free. Get started right now by calling 800-489-8876. Leave your email address on my voicemail, and I'll email you my free trading technique and daily insider's market report at no cost to you. This is the very information I use to build my fortune. I was getting ready to retire. I still needed to make extra income, but I didn't want to work for anyone else. Because of Larry and his excellent instructors, I could trade successfully for myself, and I'll never have to work for someone else again. Fire the stockbroker and hire the most dependable person you know, you. Again, call in the next 90 minutes. Leave your email address on my voicemail, 800-489-8876. Call 800-489-8876. 800-489-8876. Pastor, as you witness what's happening locally and nationally, do you wonder how you and your congregation can truly impact the world around you? The Acts 2028 Pastor Network is here for you. We'll help you engage in a community of like-minded leaders, provide practical, trustworthy education on the issues we're facing, and empower you with free personalized tools to impact the culture as you lead God's people. Get the help you need at 2028pastors.com or email info at 2028pastors.com. Are you looking for direction in your life? Here's today's Pathway Minute with Dr. Robert Jeffress. You know, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Do you realize sometimes what you need isn't Bible study, is it isn't prayer? It's just to restore your physical needs, take a nap, eat, take care of yourself. God understands that. We're not only spiritual beings, we're physical beings. And God understood that about Elijah, and so he ministered to his physical needs. And what I want you to see is he used an angel to supernaturally provide for those needs. And not only that, to encourage Elijah. It was God's way of saying, Elijah, I am not through with you yet. Sometimes God uses angels to sustain us and to encourage us. And I think he occasionally will do the same thing for us today. You're listening to Dr. Robert Jeffress, author of the brand new book, A Place Called Heaven. You can learn more by going to ptv.org. Imagine sleeping in an Irish castle celebrating St. Patrick's Day on the Emerald Isle. Travel Cats has created a St. Patrick's Irish vacation for next March so special you'll want to bring family and friends. Tour the countryside, delight in local cuisine, dance, parades, and yes, sleep in a castle. Travel Cats offers fantastic group rates to customized destinations worldwide. Book today at 727-277-7300 or visit TravelCats.com. That's cats spelled K-A-T-Z. TravelCats.com. 
Hey, I'm Dr. Raul Serrano. And I'm Dr. Suzanne Foley. We're the hosts of Health From Within Radio, and we're here because we are passionate about helping people go from fighting disease to truly building health. You know, our purpose and our mission for this radio show is to really allow you to regain your health, fuel your purpose, fuel your passions, and live the life that God designed you to. Saturday mornings at 10 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Welcome back on this Friday afternoon, and uh, as always, we look forward to our weekly check-up, I would say, with a focus on the family, because uh, what a wonderful resource that we have. And I just want to remind you that sometimes that uh, we take these type of resources for granted because they're always there, they're always reliable, always dependable. But remember that uh, focus on the family, uh, which, of course, you hear uh, they're programming here both uh, morning and evening uh, here on our Faith Talk stations. Uh, they are a 501c3. So um, as you enjoy all of the different resources that are available, just remember that uh, they're dependent on folks just like you and I to support their ministry. Well, today um, I'm going to leave it up to you, Mom and Dad. If you're in the car with your little ones or if you're at home uh, we're going to be talking about what happened in Las Vegas. We're going to be talking about the impact of such a horrendous situation with the kids. So I'm going to give you about uh, four, five, six seconds here. If you're in the car, you might want to go ahead and uh, turn down the volume. I remind you that once we go off the air at 6 o'clock, you can go to our website at letstalkfaith.com and go to our podcast page. You can listen online or download it. Uh, I think everyone should uh, take in this conversation, but I I don't believe it's something it's uh, for the little ones to be able to take in. And if you're at home, uh, probably got another three or four seconds, uh, go ahead and turn the radio down, get the little ones to the back of the house, because uh, what we're going to be engaging in here is is just something that uh, I want to be very careful about. Um, Roberta Perno is joining me, and she is a counselor at Focus on the Family. And today, the reason why I ask you to you know, make sure this was more of an adult audience is we're going to talk about how to talk to our kids about the mass shootings that uh, have uh, uh, not only been uh, wall-to-wall in the media, the newspapers, kind of hard for uh, anyone in our country to get away from them. Uh-huh. Uh, Roberta is a licensed professional counselor, and she has worked with kids, teens, and families for many years. Um, 58 people were um, were murdered, massacred. Uh, plus another 400 uh, just injured in, in a mass shooting, the the, the, the largest, I believe, uh, mass shooting in at least American history or modern American history there in Las Vegas. And as I said, it's just all over. So I know that I'm having uh, issues uh, as someone in the media uh, at processing all this. Yesterday, if you were with us, Mike Gallagher, our national talk show host who just came back from Vegas, back to Texas, Having walked the site, um, we took you behind the scenes with his personal reflections. And so all of us are dealing with this on various levels. And with that, I want to bring uh, Roberta in. And Roberta, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, I don't even know where you really begin to start this conversation. Thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. Although, like you said, on a very difficult topic to be speaking of. 
I think what we're beginning to see with this type of tragedy is that they do seem to be increasing. So I do think this is a great time for parents to begin to address this with their children, um, especially because of all the media exposure. Their children may be getting information from many different angles, including school, um, what their peers are saying. So for a parent to take the forefront and be that primary purpose to process this out with their children, I think is incredibly important. Mm, for sure. And I know in my household, because uh, I, um, you know, undoubtedly have a, a lot more of the news media outlets on than maybe the average family. Mm-hmm. And as much as we try to uh, shield my 11 year old, uh, first of all, he's got mm-hmm. excellent hearing and uh, straight A student. So uh, it doesn't uh, take him a whole lot to figure out what's going on, though. I do wear my headset at home quite a bit while we're watching TV. But so now we had uh, we have um, let's talk about the adults first. Let's talk about moms and dads and and us uh, big people first, because, uh, you know, the fact that uh, I think because we a lot of times we'll we'll see something of this nature. Then in a few days, we begin to find out, though, how horrific it is. We begin to find out, Okay. This person was this or that uh-huh. or was over here doing that. Now it starts to make sense. I think what's particularly um, unhelpful in this one, uh, Roberta Perno, is that we don't have any kind of initial closure. And with that, it seems like there's more tension. There's more stress. You see it in the reporters. You saw it in the sheriff out there. Talk about that. That's a great point. Because the investigation is still going on, Bill, and we don't have those details of motive, um, that does leave that lingering extra stress. For the parents and the children, when a shocking and Uh, incident happens like this, a lot of times we may experience just that shock, a little disorientation in our daily lives. Um, We may go for a few days numb and all of a sudden because of media exposure, it really begins to creep in and questions start being asked and and emotional um, reactions start occurring. I think one thing we do know is that whatever the cause is, there is an element that we can call evil behind it. Not to say 100% that the person was fully engulfed in evil, but the act thereof definitely is a form of evil, and that's what we do know. And that comes in many forms. We live in a fallen world. It's just so so shocking when it comes in a form like this that the whole country can see so via media and now what to do with it and how to move forward. So once again, regardless of the motive, I, I do think there's a form of evil here. However, interesting enough, in the midst of that, this shooting and tragedy, the other tragedies we've experienced via shooting or natural disasters, it's amazing how the juxtaposition position to evil is that good nature that comes on in humans. So many reports have come out of people helping people mm-hmm. and and just lending a hand where they never thought they would and people sacrificing their own selves and, and just being there and help. 
helping others get through this. That is always remarkable to see that. So in the midst of evil, we always see that good, glorious side of humanity, and that can bring a little bit of balance into something so devastating. Yes. If you're just joining us, uh, Roberta Perno is a counselor Focus on the Family. If you buy your home or office PC, uh, go right now to FocusOnTheFamily.com, particularly if you've never had the uh, the privilege uh, and the opportunity to uh, visit the website. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com. It's FocusOnTheFamily.com. And uh, we are uh, getting to our main topic is how to talk to the kids about uh, mass shootings. You know, Roberta Perno, um, oftentimes, especially for little kids, uh, I can, and by the way, totally, absolutely agree with your assessment of evil. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to to let you have a chance to just speak uh, without any interruption. So I do validate that in my own opinion. Now, usually when these things happen, more so with the younger kids first, you know, the little ones will hear something and then you have a mom and dad say, well, yes, um, a terrible thing happened in Las Vegas. And uh, there is a man that, uh, uh, you know, he had some issues. He had some mental problems or, or he was influenced. We, we we tend to boil down whatever we've learned in that motive down to the appropriate age level. And so when we don't know what to tell kids, well, we've got this man who over whatever he did and whoever he had did all these things. I mean, all of our normal ways of communication, even with our kids, because we don't know much of anything, it's hard to even relate it to them. True, not true. Oh, absolutely. Like you said, all the unanswered questions, the adults are still trying to process their own feelings about it, um, also trying to figure out what's behind it. Mental health can definitely be a component, so we you know, we want to include that as well. I think for parents, um, when they're approaching their children about it, after they've looked at their own selves and got support and self-care for their own selves, it is looking at age appropriateness. Mm -hmm. Um, According to um, the American Academy of Pediatrics, they suggest that children under eight years old um, may not have that much awareness of it, or it may not have as much of as an effect Mm -hmm. because of they're more concrete thinkers. So if you do want to address your six to eight-year-olds, just be very concrete in your your speech and keep it short and simple, of course, validating them and being there for them. For the older children, like you were mentioning, your son, 11, who are more abstract thinkers, they're going to have more questions possibly. Um, Not every child is going to respond the exact same way, but at that age, they may have more question. So for that parent to set aside some time, sit down with that child, validate their experience, maybe help them identify what they're experiencing, and um, provide coping skills. So in life, when bad things happen, I think the key is how we deal with those that can even make it worse or better. So helping your child, you know, if you you are feeling stressed, son or daughter, um, you can come talk to us. You can journal. um, You can do some type of art activity. So actually helping them learn some coping skills that they can apply to this situation and any future situation. Mm, mm, Good word. Um, then it would seem to me if this, uh, if this eight year old Mark, um, you know, we have, um, uh, a different set of, uh, of, of a possible approach for eight and above, 
uh-huh. different approach, eight and under. We've talked about the younger kids because still you can begin the conversation to, and as you have uh, pointed out before we came on the air, the idea here is to make sure we don't frighten the children, Correct. but to it is a learning experience that these things uh, happen from time to time. Uh-huh. Uh, God's in control. Now, for the other, for the older kids, and this is sort of the, the track I've been taking the last uh, few days, um, is to remember that uh, even for the, the kids that are already said, okay, uh, we don't know all the facts, but now this is for a youngster who, um, ha, you know, is saved, who, who knows the Lord Jesus, uh-huh. uh, because you can, I think you can have a conversation there where you, you, you say, now, you know, let's just talk about sin. Okay. We live in a fallen world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. We've got earthquakes, we've got volcanoes, we've got uh, typhoons, you know, we've got all these. So, so there's a way to kind of talk about the fact that we have suffering somewhere almost every day um, that may seem senseless, uh, which, well, it is senseless, but I mean, it, it, it's unexplainable. And then I think you, you just talk about the fact that, you know, we've got this sin that we don't know now uh-huh. all the facts and uh, sometimes in these things, we don't know all the facts for years because the authorities right. don't always tell us everything. But I think with the older ones, you just can begin to talk about the fact that this is sin. This is where we live. Didn't take God by surprise. Um, God was, uh, you know, in the midst of where all of this was happening. Not saying it was his direct will or his permissive will. We don't know any of that. But the fact is, God's got this. Um, is that close, not close, or, or, or what would you recommend as far as uh, discussing this with the uh, with the older kids? Well, I think that's um, a great segue into the deeper issues with the older kids. Um, with that being said, side note, I think in general, with this particular issue, minimizing their media exposure. Amen. So for adults, it's, it's even overwhelming for us. So for them too, I think even more so. So really monitoring or even minimal as can be. Also making sure what they're hearing from school that you're processing that at home so you're the forefront um, with the information. And like you said, it's explaining we do live in a fallen world. There is tremendous suffering that happens on a daily basis. However, this is what we can do as um, as children of God or in the midst of the suffering, here's where the light is shined. We can comfort and support each other. We can find opportunities to really um, just uh, educate each other and and be that lending hand during such dark times, there's always seems to be that light shining. And that's the heart of individuals who want to help, who where you see the side of humanity that that goes up and beyond for each other. And that's that balance to such a devastating situation is what it can bring out in humanity as well. And that's all led by God. And that's something that the children or young adults uh, can bring with them, no matter what issues they're facing and suffering, is that there's always that opportunity to still show the face of God in the midst of it. Mm. And I want to tell you that uh, in my own personal experience, um, sometimes when we're involved with a big event, and I've really had a heart for the first responders on this one, and I really have had a heart for the people covering this one, um, because we are now multi-days into a big deal. 
that uh, maybe first responders, those closest to the evidence, they, 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 they have a lot better idea of what's really happened here. Uh, they can't tell us yet. But the burdens that they are carrying, uh, the burdens of even those, and as I've said with my Gallagher, you know, we, we've prayed for the families of the dead. We prayed for those that have been injured. But I ask my audience to pray for all of those who were in that arena that night because it will be years and years and years of scarring of uh, of reactions. But I know, I think my, my just very quickly in like 30 seconds, I can remember the last time I was covering the Republican National Convention. And it was like day two or three where it's just all the noise and all of what's going on. I just wanted it to be over. I wanted to be back home. I guess I'm getting old. You know, I'm getting up there in age. And I wasn't out there conquering everything. But there's a point where you get overwhelmed. And let's remember that our our youngsters that are growing up, and I want you to speak about the fact we've got about two, two three minutes left, that our younger kids who have different emotions, we don't want to overload them because we can get overloaded easily as adults. We see it in the eyes of a lot of the people covering it. We saw it in the sheriff the other night. But talk about the kids, and we got to make sure that we don't overload them because they have, you have five kids, you may have five different emotions as far as characteristics, right? Correct. And I think that's a great point of how to address it and how to pace afterwards, meaning I think that first conversation could be discussed with any age children. How are you doing? Checking in. How are you feeling? Sometimes for the younger kids or even adolescents, they're not really clear. Um, That's okay. Validating that. Giving them some coping skills, letting them know you're there for them if they need to talk. But then then going back to normalcy, keeping routine, maybe even implementing some fun activities just to bring that balance in. And in addition to that, I do recommend a check-in with them, maybe in a few days, checking in with them. And that might get longer in between as time passes. But you're right, that initial conversation and then keep the normalcy and routine of the family and then pacing some check-ins afterwards, I think will um, keep everybody feeling safe, um, heard, but not overwhelmed. Mm. Now we could talk for a long time, but unfortunately I'm limited, but I want to, I want to make sure I want to remind you that not only we have the website focus on the family and uh, Roberto Perno has been with us, but Roberta, Roberta, tell us about the special book that you have that's available uh, as far as, uh, you know, when we find ourselves as a family in the midst of these tragedies. Perfect. It, Actually, we have a landing page that includes free download and booklets. It is focusonthefamily.com backslash tragedy. And if a parent puts that in, they will get to our page that talks about trauma, um, symptoms of trauma, how to cope with trauma, how to come alongside your children, and also our tragedy um, and crisis intervention booklet. And I want to tell you that website FocusOnTheFamily.com. That's pretty easy. FocusOnTheFamily.com. Then you want to do backslash tragedy. Backslash tragedy. So put it together. FocusOnTheFamily.com. Backslash tragedy. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com. Backslash tragedy. Parenting in the midst of tragedy is uh, the general topic there. And I want to tell you, that's why we wanted to have uh, uh, Roberta on this afternoon because uh, wonderful, wonderful resources. But uh, mm-hmm. As always, what a, a great job that you do, and what a clear communicator. Uh, and uh, I want to remind you that there's also counselors. There's people there to help you as well. 
and uh, uh, Roberta Perno is part of that counseling corps. And today's topic has been how to talk to kids about uh, mass shootings. Remind you, if you'd like to uh, email this to someone or listen to it again, you can go to our website, letstalkfaith.com, as we get off the air, and you can listen on the podcast. Roberta, we got to go, but as always, thanks for being with us, and uh, God bless you, and hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Bill. You too, and many blessings. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Special treat this week. Uh, we're not going to have um, an opportunity to go to Movie Guide, but Dr. John Grimstead is going to be with us. He's written a new book, Reclaiming Civilization on the Bible, Proclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. That's up next to Bill Bunkley Show. Don't go away. I'll be right back. This is the latest from SRN News. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Just 24% of Americans believe the country is heading in the right direction. That's a 10-point drop since June, according to a poll from the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. The decline in optimism about the nation's trajectory is particularly pronounced among Republicans. In June, 60% of Republicans said the country was headed in the right direction. Now it's just 44%. In a one-two punch elating religious conservatives, President Trump's administration is allowing more employers to opt out of no-cost birth control for workers and issuing sweeping religious freedom directions that could override many anti-discrimination policies for LGBT people and others. President Trump is demonstrating his commitment to undoing the anti-faith policies of the previous administration. This is SRN News. There was a tiny crack in the corner of Mike's glass, spreading like a spider across his windshield. He wasn't worried. His first thought was a new free windshield and cash on the spot. He called 813-96-GLASS, 813-96-GLASS. If it's chipped or cracked, we'll buy This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. President Trump made a very important point in his response to the recent shooting in Las Vegas when he called it an act of pure evil. The judgment of evil here, real evil, should be beyond dispute. Evil is a fact, too. The secular worldview cannot use the word with coherence or sense. The acknowledgement of evil actually requires the affirmation of a moral judgment and a moral reality above human judgment. If we are just accidental beings in an accidental universe, nothing can be really evil. Evil points to a necessary moral judgment made by a moral authority greater than we are, God. It is both telling and reassuring that secular people, faced with the moral horror we now see in Las Vegas, can still speak of evil as a moral fact, even if they continue to deny moral facts in the classrooms and courtrooms. No one can deny that the horror in Las Vegas came about by an act that was evil, pure evil, and evil as a fact. I'm Albert Mobley.
Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen, and it all starts with one. One call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. Hi, this is Pastor Al. Got a Bible question? Wondering what the Bible has to say about current events? Join me Sunday nights at 11 on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN for Late Night Live with Pastor Al as I take your questions about Bible prophecy and current events, creation and evolution, Israel in the Middle East, angels and extraterrestrials, sin and salvation, and a whole lot more. Bring an open mind and an open Bible because you never know what we're going to talk about next. Sunday nights at 11 on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Hurricanes, earthquakes, deep division among people, and unexplainable violence. It's easy to feel completely overwhelmed. It's easy to feel like our world is coming apart at the seams. That's why we're here, to proclaim that God's Word is true, unshakable, and full of hope for those who call upon Jesus. His love endures forever. Faith Talk 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Buckley here, and uh, I'm excited to have uh, uh, just an absolutely very interesting conversation about, uh, quite frankly, some cult controversial issues as they relate to our culture today and a marvelous book that is uh, taking them straight on from biblical worldview. My guest today is Dr. Jay Grimstead. And uh, he, along with uh, Eugene Calvin Klingman, have co-authored a book, Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible, Proclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. Now, before we get into the book, let me share a little bit about uh, uh, Dr. Grimstead. Uh, he graduated from Fuller Seminary, both with a master's and a doctorate uh, divinity degree, and spent 20 years on staff with Young Life Campaign. But the past 30 years, he has been organizing theologians and leaders to clarify and defend the historic church's biblical stand on the major controversial issues plaguing the church at this point in history. He organized the International Council on Biblical Biblical Inerrancy in 1977 that created the definitive statement on biblical inspiration. The 19 Articles on Biblical Inerrancy. In 1984, he founded the Coalition on Revival, which created the 17 worldview documents, which are blueprints for how the Bible applies to the major areas of life. 
And then in 1992, CORE organized the International Church Council Project, which created 18 of their 22 theological documents. And with that, Dr. Jay Grimstead, it's an honor to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. Before we talk about uh, some interesting aspects in terms of inerrancy, talk a little bit about the book. It is Rebuilding uh, Civilization on the Bible, Proclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. Tell us about the book and also tell us in anticipation of uh, the next church council meetings that are be coming up pretty soon in Europe. Yes. Uh, over the last 40 years, uh, I have been... Uh, uh, I say the Lord has led me, and I really hope that's so. <laughs> Gather theologians from wide range of uh, denominations and create these 24 documents, starting with the ICBI that we started in 1977. But the interesting thing is right out of evangelical Bible-oriented soil in colleges and seminaries and churches and organizations came about every 18 months came another uh, falsehood, like one of them was the omniscience of God. They doubt that, and they call it the openness of God. They think God does not know the future, and they're teaching that in some seminaries. That was one. We had to jump on that, so we gathered some guys together. They wrote this thing. We boiled it down into uh, affirmations and denials, sort of a creed-like concentrated dose of the main points. And from then on, we before long, we knew we had 24 of these things. Well, in the last 40 years, it's taken to get those. But that that's still each, each falsehood that sprang up like weeds, we jumped on with a bunch of theologians and wrote this uh, antidote, as it were, to this poison coming out. And that, that the book is a compilation of those 24 documents. Plus, Bill, at the end are a whole bunch of, uh, I call them Reformation appendix items, mm-hmm. uh, like one one of them uh, on appendix number uh, G is a college survey for parents, questions for parents to ask college professors of a school they think they're going to send their boy or girl to and find out what they, there's 40 questions there. And these 40 questions really deal with liberalism. When an evangelical college or seminary goes liberal, uh, they tend to go liberal on at least several of these 40 points. We pick out the exact points where people go liberal. Hmm. So it's a good test for parents. That's the kind of thing I mean by Reformation tools in the back of the book in the appendix. Mm, that appendix, what a very valuable resource. Now, what I'd like to do, uh, Dr. Grimstead, let, let's kind of uh, take a little walk through a couple of issues here. And uh, and the first thing, uh, it's just amazing to me uh, that uh, Dr. Francis Schaefer, uh, very noted theologian, um, was uh, your mentor. And uh, first of all, I want you to, because in our audience today, we may have some folks that we're, we're throwing some terms around they may not be familiar with if they're either seekers or, or new Christians. So um, Dr. Francis Schaefer, well-respected theologian, um, you talk about the inerrancy of the Bible. What does it mean in terms of the inerrancy of the Bible? Uh, and also then talk about the, the, the watershed of the evangelical world uh, being that inerrancy. Thank you. Those uh, are the key questions that every evangelical should answer. 
the, ev- the, the point here is that the kind of Bible that God gave Moses and uh, uh, David and uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Paul and G- G- John and what Jesus said, that kind of Bible, they all mean the same thing. And what they're talking about is the Bible, this book that's come, come in stages in books, are the very words of God that he wanted written down as if God had the pen in his hand and he wrote the words. And it's 100% written of God and because it's inspired, and it's 100% written by men. It's not 50-50 or 30-70 or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like Jesus Christ is 100% God and 100% man at the same time without us having to understand how that's possible. So the Bible is 100% of God and 100% of man. And uh, it's inerrant. That is, it's all true. They're not historical mistakes or scientific mistakes. It's all true because God wrote it and intended it for it to be true. And when you have that kind of Bible, you're able to lay your life down for this cause. And... uh, you, you don't want any other kind of Bible. If you have a Bible that's part, that you believe is part true and part false, you're not going to die for that kind of truth mm-hmm. that you sort of choose. Well, maybe this one is one of the true ones. And so it's very foundational. What Dr. Francis Schaeffer meant by the inerrancy of the Bible is the watershed of the evangelical world is that every evangelical in the world, whether he's consciously aware of it as some kind of a scholar or not aware of it at all, like most evangelicals, is on one side or the other of the watershed. And the watershed is the, even, the, the inerrancy of the Bible. But a watershed technically in Switzerland and in America, in the Rocky Mountains, there's uh, an imaginary line, but it is a very real line geographically, where the, wa- the snow that comes down on the Rocky Mountains if it's two or three feet to one side to the uh, west side of the continental divide, all of the snow from that side of the mountain will go into the Pacific Ocean, mainly through the Colorado River and the Snake River and all, and make its way out. Uh, and all, all the water, all the snow that comes down on the east side of this, uh, just a few feet away even from this imaginary line, will melt and end up in the Atlantic Ocean by going first through the, uh, generally it's the uh, Arkansas River into the uh, Missouri or Mississippi River, I think it's the Missouri River, and then on down to the uh, Gulf of Mexico. But that, so what I'm saying is where you stand on the inerrancy of the Bible absolutely philosophically and logically determines where you are headed on all other issues mm-hmm. once you start dealing with an issue. With an inerrant Bible, it's real clear truth, what is right and what's wrong, and what is true and what is false. With the a Bible that's part true and part false, you're nowhere, and you don't have a Bible on which you can build a strong group of leaders for the next generation. Mm. We're talking to Dr. Jay Grimstead, talking about a book he co-authored, Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible, Proclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. Um, 
Many Bible-believing Christians have largely missed uh, Jesus' view as well as the Bible's view on the all-important issue of the kingdom of God. What is your organization's view of the kingdom of God, and why, in your mind, is this so important for all the rest of us in the body of Christ? Thank you for asking that question, Bill. What uh, I want you to know that as a long-term evangelical and raised in a Christian church and gone through Christian everything, you know, until I grew up, yep. I never had the foggiest notion of the real view of the kingdom of God, which I believe I have now. And it's simply this. The, the kingdom of God is that when Jesus came, it was indeed God coming to earth, and he started a kingdom right then, a new kingdom, different from the Davidic kingdom, but based upon the principles of the Davidic kingdom. And his idea, and what he said was, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creatures. And he said uh, uh, that we should get them to uh, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey, observe all that he had taught. And so the kingdom of God is essentially uh, anywhere where Jesus Christ rules as king, as lord, as lord and savior, where his principles written in the Bible are employed, are believed, and functionable. And uh, so the kingdom of God can be working in a pagan society within a certain business or within a certain school or within a certain set of families, a bunch of homeschool families, or within a broadcasting company, uh, or within a, a sports arrangement. Wherever a group of people uh, commit themselves in covenant to obey the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the Bible, that's where the kingdom of God is. And the idea is we don't have to wait for Jesus to come back for the kingdom to begun. It began the very day he rose from the dead, Amen. and all authority in heaven and earth was given to him then. Mm -hmm. When he comes back the second time to and starts the judgment day and that whole scene, when he comes back, the Father will not give him any more authority over heaven and earth than he was given when he rose from the dead and was seated at the right hand of the Father. So we believe the kingdom of God is going on right now, and it can expand... Uh, as far as we care to take it. Will the church take it uh, very far? Well, I hope so. Right now in America and Canada and Europe, we have real kind of wimpy Christianity with a lot of crazy uh, 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 falsehood and mm -hmm. heresy and all of this. Absolutely. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, the kingdom of God is where Jesus reigns as king, uh, whether it's a little group or whatever. And the post-millennialists believe it'll really happen that the whole world will be turned to Christ uh, sometime before he comes back. And the others believe, the premillennialists believe Christ will come back before the whole world is, is turned. And that's a discussion, by the way, we, uh, we leave out. We do not ha have uh, any statement on eschatology okay. other than... In our Kingdom of God document about the last statement, uh, item number 25, 
we mentioned that no uh, specific eschatology has ever been considered the orthodox doctrine. That is, uh, we have to leave freedom for people to be either premillennialists mm-hmm. or postmillennialists or amillennialists, like actually I am. I, I'm an optimistic amillennialist. <laughs> I think a tremendous percentage of the planet and a number of nations are going to be thoroughly Christianized and have governments that want to run by the Bible and all on. But I, I, I'm not quite, I guess, uh, maybe a full post-millennialist. Not enough that that matters, but we promote the idea that everybody ought to be able to have their own eschatology and leave them alone. Don't bother them. <laughs> Let them believe what they want about eschatology. Well, let me follow up with that one one last question. Again, we're talking with Dr. Jay Grimstead, uh, co-author of the book Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible, Proclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. Before we let you go, you were just mentioning uh, how you are uh, so optimistic that those Christians who believe in the full inspiration of the Bible will soon begin to stand together in agreement with a new global theological unity so that many denominations, many groups, many organizations will basically believe the same of those same basic doctrines of historic Orthodox Christianity. Share a little bit about that uh, with the the remaining time that we have together. Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> a group under uh, uh, well a group called U.S. Center for World Mission. Ralph Winter yes. started it. It's now called Frontier Adventures. They got sociologists to figure out every century what percentage of the world population was non-Christian and which was Christian. They found out in 100 A.D. their best shot is that there were 361 non-Christians to every one Christian. Every 100 years, it's grown. The Christian number has grown in relationship and the ratio so that by, get this, 1950-50, the ratio was 21 non-Christians to one Christian. Mm. Amazing growth that far. Well, then by 1980, with the help of the computer, uh, it was 13 to 1. In just 30 years, the number of Christians on the planet almost doubled in 30 years, almost doubled. And then it really did double again from 1980 to 2010. The ratio in 1980 was 13 to 10. The ratio in 2010 was 7 to, I mean, 13 to 1, mm-hmm. 13 non-Christians to one Christian. The ratio was 7 non-Christians to one Christian in, 19, in 2010. Every 30 years, it's been doubling. And <clears throat> if this keeps up 30 years from now, 20. 2017 to 2047, the ratio could be, if it's, if the growth rate stays the same, the ratio should be one-to-one around 2047. Uh, and if that keeps going a little bit into the future, we're going to run out of non-Christians to evangelize at all. Mm. So that, that's good news about yes. just the raw statistics, the speed with which Christianity is taking over in Europe. I'm pardon me, in China and India, there are thirty thousand to forty thousand brand new Christians by evangelism every day. 
every day, 30 to 40,000 in both those nations. They are actually taking over the nation, not by force or guns or organization. I just live in a Christian life and trying to do what Jesus said. And they, they're seen by the non-Christians and non-Christians in every nation that own companies and factories and offices are wanting to hire Christians rather than the people that don't believe in Jesus because they're so honest. They give a hard day's work. They don't call in with a hangover and so on. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I want to tell you, exciting. Let me just tell you, we're talking about uh, a new book, Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible, Proclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. Just to give you a quick flavor before we have to um, conclude our time together. Articles, uh, as we talked about, uh, theological documents on biblical inerrancy, uh, on the on the omniscience of God, uh, talking about uh, the eternal faith of unbelievers, the Trinity, the unity of the body of Christ, uh, Christian civic duties, uh, homosexuality, a biblical approach, approach to counseling, the sanctity of human life, and that's just a, a sample. Again, the name of the book is Rebuilding Civilization on the Bible, Reclaiming the Truth on 24 Controversial Issues. Great for homeschoolers, great for that guide if uh, God's leading you or your uh, one of your uh, children to seminary with that appendix. And, of course, uh, Dr. J. Grimstead, along with a co-author, Eugene Calvin Klingman, um, has put this together. And, uh, uh, Dr. Grimstead, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. It was a pleasure spending some time with you. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here, Bill. God bless you. And God bless you, my friend. Well, that'll wrap up the Friday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. I want to remind you, coming up next, my pastor, Dr. Ken Witten, on today's edition of Living Truth. Sardis, a used-to-be church. That's part two of the two-part series from Revelation 3. And uh, looking forward for uh, Dr. Ken's teaching today. Well, until Monday at 4, God bless and 